The new month is tomorrow. Yonatan and David's friendship ends in sorrow. As a sign for David, three arrows were released. Yonatan tells David to go in peace. So this week is interesting. Even though this week the Torah reading is um, for Acharemot, uh, we actually read the Haftorah for uh, Erev Rosh Chodesh because Rosh Chodesh is on Sunday. So therefore, we read um, the Haftorah. Either it's called Erev Rosh Chodesh, the day before Rosh Chodesh, or Machir Rosh Chodesh, tomorrow is Rosh Chodesh. Um, and it's one of the only it's the only Haftorah we ever read that is made that's designed for not to celebrate the day itself, but to celebrate sort of the next day. Um, so even though Shabbat itself is not Rosh Chodesh because the next day is Rosh Chodesh. Therefore, we read um, the Haftorah for Erev Rosh Chodesh. Um, so it's an interesting Haftorah, and it's talking about the relationship between Yehonatan and King David. So, um, and and perhaps the reason that this Haftorah is, is read is because the Haftorah says, uh, it begins with tomorrow is Rosh Chodesh. So it's sort of to, re- to remind the Jewish people, to remind us that we're in synagogue, that when we're in synagogue, it's to, to remind us that yes, tomorrow actually is the new month. So the Haftorah, uh, as I mentioned, it's about the relationship between Yehonatan and King David. So who were these two characters? Yehonatan was Shaul's son, and Shaul was the king before King David, and Shaul did not like David. Um, in fact, because David was rising to prominence and eventually would replace, uh, would sort of dethrone Shaul. And, um, and so therefore, Shaul was uh, really out to kill King David. And Yehonatan, though, was King David's best friend. And uh, the, in, in Pirkei Avot, it talks about how, um, what is a love that is pure? What's a love that's not selfish? And the Pirkei Avot gives this example, the friendship, the love between Yehonatan and David. And why was this not a selfish friendship? It's because Yehonatan was very notably, um, Yehonatan was, was, was very notably, as I, as I mentioned, he was Shaul's son. And he would have been next in line for the throne. Uh, once Shaul was done ruling, had he held on to his kingship, Yehonatan, who was Shaul's son, would, be, would have been next in line. However, Yehonatan was, was such a selfish, selfish friendship with his best friend, King David, that even though King David would ultimately really take Yehonatan's place, because King, you know, as I mentioned, Shaul, once Shaul was, was dead, then Yehonatan would, uh, as, as Shaul's son, Yehonatan would, would have taken Shaul's place. However, King David actually was the one that took Yehonatan's, um, was the one that took Shaul's place. So really there was, there should have been sort of an innate competition between Yehonatan and, and King David because, um, because one is king at the exclusion of the other. Uh, nonetheless, Yehonatan selflessly uh, loves King David and is King David's best friend, even though it seems like their interests uh, are at odds with, with, uh, with each other. Um, and that's why uh, Pirkei Avot says that this love is not a selfish love. It's a pure love, and it's a love that will ultimately last forever. Um, so the Haftorah begins by saying, Tomorrow is Rosh Chodesh, and your seat, talking to, so this is Yehonatan talking to King, King David. Um, and at the time, he was not King David, he was just David. Um, Shaul was at the time the king. So tomorrow is Rosh Chodesh, and King David's seat will be empty. Um, 
So what's this referring to? This is referring to the fact that King Shaul, um, Shaul Melech, he would have a major, a big public dinner to celebrate the holiday of Rosh Chodesh, to celebrate the new month. And King David normally would sit in between um, Shaul and Yehonatan. So if King David didn't show up, um, Yehonatan thought that it must be that uh, that that his that Shaul would ask about um, would, would would ask about King David why he wasn't there. So the reason that this whole scheme was happening is because Yehonatan was worried that his dad was uh, was out to kill King David, and he didn't. So so therefore Yehonatan didn't want King David to uh, to come to this to come to this uh, feast because it could be that King that Shaul would try to kill him there. Um, so Yehonatan sort of makes this scheme that that King David wouldn't come to the fe- to the feast uh, to the Rosh Chodesh feast, and then uh, judging by Shaul's reaction, um, Yehonatan would be able to kel- tell King David whether or not it was safe um, to to come back to town, uh, or whether King David had to flee for his life and run away from Shaul's uh, basically death threats. Uh, so the the scheme of the, the plot is that uh, tomorrow for for the Rosh Chodesh feast, King David should not come to uh, should not come to the feast, and and uh, and 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 then we'll see what Shaul's reaction is. So um, then then Yehonatan tells him to hide for tells King David hide away for three days, and then come to the place that you hid. Hayom Hamase on the day of activity, and the reason perhaps it says on the day of activity is implying that um, this is talking about the day of activity is the day before Rosh Chodesh, and uh, it's called the day of activity, implying that tomorrow on the day of Rosh Chodesh it would not be a day of activity, and this is per- perhaps referring to the concept that women um, in in these times would not work on Rosh Chodesh. So therefore, it was not a day of activity, Rosh Chodesh itself, but the day before Rosh Chodesh would be a day of activity. Um, all right, so it says, hide in the place that you did um, on the day before Rosh Chodesh and stay near Ha'even Ha'zahal, um, Ha'azel. And Ha'azel, or Azel, is, means to go in Aramaic. So um, the, I mean, literally, this is sort of the marker stone the, or the go stone and um, Azel is perhaps the reason that this is called the ghost stone is because David would have to flee, would have to go, um, would have to flee for his life, go for his life, um, uh, once he realized that Shaul was, was out to kill him. So this is how the scheme would work. Um, Shaul would shoot three arrows in the direction of King David, and he would tell his servant to go and find those arrows. So, so uh, sorry, um, Yehonatan would shoot three arrows uh, in King David's direction. So Yehonatan said, if I tell my servant that the arrows are on this side of you, are near you, then you should take the arrows yourself. King David should pick up the arrows himself and come back to the city. And that means that basically um, that, that he's safe, that, that Shaul does not want King David dead, and he's safe to come back into the city. However, um, if he shoots the arrows and tells his servant that the arrows are beyond you, then this means that this is a sign from Hashem that he is sending you away. 
And this is just like Rivka sends away Yaakov when Esav is out to attack him. So too, Yehonatan sends away David when um, Shaul is out to, to kill him. And uh, then it says, Hashem remains between you and me forever. And I mentioned maybe this forever language is relating to the fact that their friendship would endure forever. Um, uh, like it says in Pirkei Avot. So then, uh, now it gets the actual, now that the plot is established, now it gets the actual story. So the next day comes, it's Rosh Chodesh, the king eats, and David is hidden away. And Yonatan um, would, since King David wasn't there, Yonatan felt uncomfortable sitting in, uh, next to his father because Yonatan, because King David should have sat in between them. So then Evner, um, Evner comes and sits in David's place. And now that King, now that Evner was sitting in his place, now it was respectful for Yehonatan to sit down. Um, and then Shaul, but that first day, Shaul was silent about King David's absence. He didn't say anything about the fact that King David wasn't there um, because he thought that David perhaps had been tummy, perhaps had been impure. Um, and he wasn't, and in that time, he wasn't able to go to the mikvah um, to, to, to get purity. And perhaps the reason he was impure, the commentaries say, is because maybe he had been with his wife before, uh, he had relations with his wife before, and therefore if he had touched the food, he would have made the food uh, tummy. And, um, and, and there's a few different reasons. This doesn't 100% make sense why it was a bad thing to make the food tummy. So one reason it was bad is because uh, perhaps they were eating the korban shlamin. They were eating a sacrifice from a private altar. And when you eat a sacrifice, you have to be in a state of purity. So perhaps David, uh, Shaul thought that perhaps David was not in a state of purity. Another reason is, is because on the day of a festival, you should be pure. And Rosh Chodesh is, according, um, according to some, considered a festival. And therefore, King David perhaps wasn't pure. And therefore, he wasn't able to come to the, the festival that Shaul um, put on for the new month. Uh, okay, so then the next day comes, the day after Rosh Chodesh comes, and again, David isn't there. So at this point, Shaul is suspicious and asks Yehonatan, um, where is the, the son of Yishai? Um, and why didn't he come to the meal yesterday? And why isn't he here today? Um, and it's interesting, he refers to him not as King David, or not as David, he refers to him as the son of Yishai. And this is, the commentaries say, sort of um, an insult. It's to say, you're nothing but the son of, of Yishai. You come from such humble origins, you're just the son of Yishai. You don't even have a name for yourself. Um, and then Yehonatan uh, answers, answers King Shaul answers his father that the reason David isn't here is because he asked for permission to visit his brothers in Bethlehem. And the word it uses for permission is, uh, or, um, or the, use, the word that it uses for excused, um, you know, he asked for an excuse to, to visit his brothers, is imalta. And imalta could have two meanings. One is ex excused, but another a secondary meaning is to flee. And this was, uh, the commentaries say, this is on purpose, this double meaning. You could interpret it just as an innocent, uh, he asked to be excused, but it also could be interpreted as he asked to flee, or he needs to flee because Shaul was out to kill him. Um, so Shaul then became very angry at Yehonatan and, um, and, and said, are you choosing King David over your own kingship? 
and uh, this is shaming your mother's nakedness. So what Shaul, I think, is implying here is that, um, is that basically Yehonatan should have been, as I mentioned earlier, he should have been selfish. He should have hated King David because King David ultimately would, uh, would take kingship away from Yehonatan because Yehonatan was next in line for the, for the kingship. Um, and because Yehonatan would, would, because, uh, uh, King David would sort of, um, would dethrone Shaul, then Yehonatan would never, uh, have kingship. So Shaul was suspicious of the fact that, that Yehonatan was such good friends with David, um, and, and he was suspicious that perhaps Yehonatan thought that he wasn't Shaul's true father, or sorry, he, that he wasn't Shaul's true son, that basically he that uh, that Yehonatan perhaps thought that his mother was um, his mother cheated on Shaul and his mother had a child that was not actually Shaul's child and therefore he wasn't therefore Yehonatan wasn't really uh, Shaul's son and he wouldn't actually get the kingship therefore he implies he says you're a son of a rebellious woman implying that basically his mother that 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 perhaps Yonatan thought that his mother was a rebellious woman namely that his mother cheated on um on her husband and therefore he wasn't the true heir to the throne and because he wasn't the true heir to the throne he wouldn't get kingship therefore he was friends with David it's kind of a complicated plot but um basically uh, if that all makes sense that because Shaul because Yonatan was such good friends with David, Shaul was suspicious that Yonatan thought that perhaps uh, he wasn't the true heir to the throne, and therefore he was implying that perhaps his mother um, was a rebellious woman, had cheated on uh, on her husband, and uh, the result of that union was Yonatan, so therefore he wasn't really uh, Shaul's um, son, therefore because he wasn't Shaul's son, he wasn't actually uh, fit for the for 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 throne, um, so then Yehonatan uh, says, and then and then Shaul continues and says, uh, "Bring David to me because he deserves to die." Um, and there and and by Shaul saying this, it was clear that uh, that Shaul wanted to kill David, wanted to harm David. So Yehonatan um, asked asked Shaul, "Why would you want him to die?" And in response, Shaul throws a spear at Yehonatan, tries to kill his own son. For um, and and the commentaries say this is maybe because uh, he insulted his mother. He because he kind of implied that he uh, thought that his mother had cheated on on Shaul. And then Yehonatan didn't eat the feast because uh, his father had humiliated him. And um, he was saddened. He also didn't eat because he was sad about King David's fate. So then Yehonatan uh, does the plot from earlier in the Haftorah. Yehonatan, he shoots the arrows um, beyond King David, and he tells his attendant to gather them. And then David was able to understand by the fact that the arrows were shot beyond King David, that David understood that David was in danger, that, that, that Shaul wanted to kill David. And then he, the servant uh, basically takes the arrows and come, leaves back for the city. And then David and Yehonatan unite for one last time. Uh, David bows three times at Yehonatan's feet, and they kiss each other, they cry together, 
and um, and Yehonatan tells David, Lech l'shalom, go to peace. And this is the idea that David, even though at this point in time, David was really on the run. Uh, David, it didn't, it, even though the, the prophecy was that David would become king, at this point in time, the, the current king, Shaul, wanted him dead. It didn't seem like there was any possibility that King David would prevail and become king. Um, so Yonatan says, Lech shalom, go to peace. And just like the moon has very simple origins, the moon, every new month, uh, it's invisible. You can't even see it. Um, it starts out very, very small, just a sliver, and eventually it wanes, it grows, it grows, it grows, um, it, uh, sorry, it waxes um, all the way until it's a full moon. And so too, the kingship of David, it starts out in, at a very, in a very humble way. It starts out basically by him being pursued um, uh, to death, and ultimately it would result in King David rising all the way to kingship and eventually... Uh, in the time of the coming of Mashiach, his, his descendant will eventually come to rule over um, all of Israel once again. And uh, perhaps the connection between the Aftorah and, um, and Rosh Chodesh is the fact that for Kiddush Levana, for sanctifying the new moon, we say, David Melech Yisrael Chai Chai Vekeyam, that David, basically that king, uh, David, the king of Israel, um, will live and will endure. So this is a story about King David and his monarchy, um, and or the beginning of the beginnings of his eventual monarchy, and that's why we talk about King David uh, in this Haftorah. So to recap, um, so the Haftorah begins by speaking about, um, or it's just interesting that this is the only Haftorah that we read uh, that to celebrate sort of the day before something happens. So it's the day before Rosh Chodesh, and we're celebrating that. Um, so it's the story of Yehonatan and his, um, and his best friend, King David. So Yehonatan was Shaul's son, and uh, the, um, the, the, the Mishnah in Pirkei Avot says, um, any love that is pure, that is not selfish, will endure forever. And, um, and this is the paradigm of the, the Mishnah says, that what is a relationship, what is a friendship that is not selfish. It's the friendship between Yehonatan and King David. And I said the reason for this is that Yehonatan is Shaul's son. So had Shaul held on to leadership, then Yehonatan was next in line for the for the throne. Um, nonetheless, he was still friends with, with David, even though he knew that King David ultimately would replace him as king. So they should have been natural competitors um, because Yehonatan and King David, he would, you know, one would succeed at the cost of the other. Nonetheless, they were best of friends, and that was a friendship that was not selfish, and therefore it would last forever. So um, the Baha'i Torah begins by saying, Tomorrow is Rosh Chodesh, and your seat will be empty. So what this is referring to is the fact that Shaul had a public dinner to celebrate the new month, and David would normally sit in between Shaul and Yonatan. So... Um, then the plot continues that David will hide away for three days and um, you will come to the place that you hid on Hayom Hamasa on the day of activity. And this is referring to the day before Rosh Chodesh because it's implying that the day of Rosh Chodesh itself, there is no activity because women traditionally did not work on the holiday of Rosh Chodesh. Um, so then it says, stay near the Ha'even Ha'azel. 
Steen near literally the go stone, the, the marker stone. Azel means to go in Aramaic. And uh, basically, eventually, David would be forced to go, forced to flee, flee for his life um, uh, because Shaul was chasing after him. So then uh, the plot continues that there would be three arrows shot in the direction of Shaul. Sorry, shot that, that, that Yehonatan would shoot three arrows in the direction of King David and tell his servant to find the arrows. And um, King David's, or Shaul, or sorry, Yehonatan uh, will tell his servant, the arrows are near you. And if the arrows are near you, then that's a sign to King David that um, he's able to return. But if he tells his servant, the arrows are beyond you, then this is a sign that uh, to, to King David that Hashem sends him away, that just like Rivka sent away Yaakov from the uh, pursuit of Esau, so too Yehonatan sends away David from the pursuit of, um, of his father Shaul. And I didn't mention this uh, in the initial go-around, but the uh, Lashon Hora is compared to arrows. And perhaps the reason why there are three arrows in this case is because there are three people, the commentaries say, that are hurt when Lashon Hora is, is spoken, when evil speech is spoken. Namely, the speaker, the listener, and the one that it's about. Um, and the idea of Lashon Hora is intimately tied to the idea of this this whole story when Shaul chased after King David because Doeg um, or, or Doug the Edomite he would speak Lashon Hora he would speak uh, basically um, uh, gossip about uh, King David and tell and tip and tip Shaul off about the whereabouts of where King David was. Uh, okay, so um, then. Uh, now, now we actually get into the story. So Rosh Chodesh comes, the next day comes, and they're at the, the, the feast. The king eats, and David hides away. And then Evner, uh, sorry, Yonatan stood up until Evner sat in David's place. Then David felt comfortable enough to sit next to Evner uh, because he was uncomfortable sitting uh, right, next to, um, right next to his father because David should have been there. Okay, so then Shaul, the first day, though, was silent about King David's absence because he thought that maybe David had been tummy, had been impure, and had not yet gone to the mikvah yet. Uh, I mentioned a couple reasons for, for why this is important. Maybe they were eating the korban shlomim. Uh, they were eating a certain sacrifice that you had to be pure. Another reason is is because on a festival, there's an idea of going to the mikvah, and this was the festival of Rosh Chodesh, and perhaps David had not gone to the mikvah yet. Um, and then the day after Rosh Chodesh, so so that so for that reason, Shaul was silent because he thought maybe King David just wasn't there because he wasn't uh, he was tummy he wasn't pure. Um, however, the next day he still wasn't there, and this rose uh, some suspicion in Shaul. And Shaul asked his son Yehonatan, "Where is the son of Yishai? Why didn't he come to the meal yesterday or today?" And Yehonatan said, "It's because David asked for permission to visit his brothers in Bethlehem." Um, and I says he uses the word imalta. He asked for an excuse. Imalta is an excuse, but also could mean to flee, namely to flee from uh, Shaul's wrath. Um, and then Shaul became very angry at Yehonatan. He says, "You chose, um, you you choose David over your own kingship because ultimately, as I mentioned, Yehonatan would have got the kingship had Shaul stayed in power because Yehonatan was uh, the the rightful next king. Yehonatan was the son of Shaul." Um, and then 
he even calls him the son of a rebellious woman because perhaps Yehonatan thought that he wasn't the true heir to the throne because maybe Yehonatan thought that his mother was his mother had had cheated on on his father and the result of that um that adulterous union was Yehonatan therefore Yehonatan wasn't really Shaul's true son and he wouldn't have got the kingship anyways um so therefore he basically Shaul was implying that maybe Yehonatan thought that he wasn't really the actual son of 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 uh he wasn't the actual heir to the throne and he was basically insulting his mom implying that his own mother perhaps had been disloyal um and perhaps had cheated on on uh on her husband Shaul and then uh so king da- so so Shaul's disgusted Shaul says bring king David to me he deserves to die and Yehonatan asks, why should he die? And in response, Shaul throws a spear at Yehonatan. Um, so then Yehonatan was so distressed from this whole event and saddened from the fate of David that he didn't eat. He, le- he leaves the feast and then he shoots those three arrows beyond David and uh, tells his attendant to gather them. And David understood that this was the message that David actually, his life was threatened, that Shaul was pursuing after him. So the um, servant leaves to go back to the city after collecting the arrows, and King David and Yehonatan meet for one last time. David bows three times at Yehonatan's feet. They kiss each other. They cry together. Um, and Yehonatan um, tells King David, Lech l'shalom, go to peace. Uh, and this is referring to the fact that um, eventually, even though King David seems like he's running for his life, eventually he would come to peace. Eventually, King David would take leadership, just like the moon in its beginnings. At the beginning of a month, a moon almost is non-existent. It's just a little tiny sliver. Um, but ultimately, the moon will wane, will grow and grow and grow until it's a full moon. And similarly, um, just as we say for Kiddush Levana, David Melech Yisrael Chai Chai Vekayom, that eventually um, King David and his kingship, even though it might be small, even though it might be uh, hard to see today, eventually it will grow, it will blossom into what it can be. So to read my poem, the new month is tomorrow, Yehonatan and David's friendship ends in sorrow. As a sign for David, three arrows were released, Yehonatan tells David to go in peace. And with that, l'chaim l'chaim, and this has been the Haftorah for um, for Achrei Mot, and also the Torah, the Haftorah um, for Erev Rosh Chodesh.